and baby, you're gonna be the one that saves me. And after all, mm -hmm. you're my roller ball. <laughs> That's from this movie, right? I was thought that when he started really singing it, I was like, "Is that first? in the movie?" But then you you killed it, you killed it. I was gonna do, uh, boom! Here comes the boom, ready or not. Is that in the movie? Yeah, you don't you don't remember that? I don't know. That's the first song, right? Yeah, it happens pretty early. I think oh, wait, it happens no, no, during no, the no, first no, game. No, it's not. Yeah. Okay. You could do one of the pink songs that she is singing that we can't hear <laughs> which happens a few times it's like footage of pink and then like metal it's very strange yeah it's There's like also her, it's like a weird so, hologram of her yeah <laughs> and there's also slipknot yep yeah could have said slipknot's in there for a while yeah <laughs> i like to think that like slipknot you know they were selling out venues you know in north america but they really want to go back to their roots you know, play for the people. <laughs> Hell yeah. Kazakhstan play for the Mongolian yeah. <laughs> serfs. <laughs> At inside, just inside the arena. Yeah. Not yeah, even to like the main the audience, arena. just like the yeah. pre-show. <laughs> yeah, it's like in the lobby. They're playing in like the lobby before the game. <laughs> it's like he's walking through and he's seeing like all these signs of poverty and like inequality and yeah. then just passes Slipknot. And Slipknot. <laughs> <laughs> and the peasants are forced to listen to Slipknot. <laughs> podcast is this great question this it's is 99% invisible <laughs> this is um serial what's the big pot what's the biggest podcast now you think what do you think joe rogan most... uh, yeah, joe rogan right yeah probably i don't know oh yeah probably that's probably true it's depressing unfortunately <laughs> does serial still does serial still exist I don't think so. They solve it. Uh, <laughs> I don't think they solved it. <laughs> but it's like a, just like a mystery show. I, I assume uh, they did other seasons. <laughs> There's probably other serials, right? Top 100 US podcasts. Who's this list from? Are we on from there? From Podcast Insights. Okay. They know a lot. <laughs> this list is a... This is a list of the top 100 podcasts in the United States on Apple Podcasts. Bracket. iTunes. Bracket. And should be automatically updated every few days. Updated 2021 Number one, Crime Junkie. Never heard of that. Two, yeah, never even heard of that. I don't know. Dr. Death. Number three, what? Paper Ghosts. What are uh, they? Dr. Dr. Death Killer was Psyche. actually kind of wild. Yeah, I think. Well, I mean, it was just like typical, like almost NPR format, you know drama same kind of thing as like the any true crime thing but I, it was basically about this doctor who like um he was just not qualified to be a doctor he just kind of faked it but he faked it to be like a neurosurgeon Whoa. so he just killed a bunch of people <laughs> damn Whoa. and there it's basically about how the bureaucracy like like of the entire hospital system like no one wanted to kind of be accountable for his malpractice so they just kept on letting him do it they just would pass him around to different hospitals 
Whoa. Hey, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. Is that called? It was Dr. Death. <laughs> okay. Okay. I've never heard of any of the yeah, ones. Yeah, I'd never even top heard, five. I'd never heard of them before. Number 15, The Ben Shapiro Show. Great. Number 16, oh, The Joe Rogan Experience. Mm. Ben Shapiro is more popular than Joe Rogan. Really? That's on iTunes, but still. Yeah, and you know, you know what's more popular than both of those? Dateline from NBC coming in at 10. Wow. People are old. And you know what's more Don't popular than all that? that? Crime Junkie coming in at number one. Yeah, I never even heard of Crime Junkie. That's wild. Yeah. Um, but you know who isn't old? The characters at the beginning of the new M. Night Shyamalan movie called Old. <laughs> I thought you were getting back on track. <laughs> coming out next week. <laughs> um, no matter when you listen to it, it comes out next week. Yeah, I guess by the time you to... listen to it, it'll come out in a couple days. Hey... I'm getting on track here. This is Is It Whack? <laughs> it's a movie podcast. Talk about movies. Debate their whackness. Whack? That doesn't mean good or bad. No. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a malleable term that means whatever it means to us on that given day. Uh, we're in the midst of a mini-series called Whack 100 Miles Per Hour, where we're talking about movies about speed. Fast thing. Fast movies. Movies that make you go, whoa! <laughs> Slow down there. Uh, I'm one of the hosts of this podcast. My name is Adam. Uh, also joined by Sebi. Strap on your skates, Fantas. And Nara. Hello. And a special guest. Nara, you said you were going to do the introduction, but I'll say, oh. I'll say, I'll say the <laughs> name if you give the introduction. Doing, Daniel, welcome admin, to the podcast. Hello, woo! hello. Woo, 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 woo. Welcome, Daniel. Hi, um, I'm Nara. I'm introducing Daniel. You can't see this because this is an audio format, but I'm holding up a pen as if it is a microphone. Yes, very important. It's very cool. Um, Daniel, who is on the top left corner of my screen, uh, coming at you from his home in blank city i don't want to dox people i guess um and who um works with me and is now my manager at blank business in blank city wow. Whoa. um you know and the cafe by my house loves... sells stuff from blank place and i got a nice pastry today <laughs> from your establishment but I guess Thank not you. your you specific establishment. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I interrupted. I just wanted to tell um, you. But we had to we had to bring Daniel out here to the cyber world screen of four screens um, to talk about a very important movie that is about Daniel's number one passion in life, rollerblading. Um, Shout out so to yeah, all Daniel, my if you wanna... <laughs> easy gliders and my rough rollers. <laughs> if you want to take it away from here, introduce your movie, talk about your life's passion be my guest or if you don't you don't have to <laughs> thank you for that speedy introduction nara uh my name is daniel i do love rollerblading and uh it's the reason we are doing this film today uh it started with a few films that i'd watched earlier in the year uh one of them being hackers 
and then Nowhere. And I just absolutely loved all the rollerblading sequences in these movies. So I just had to kind of go down a wormhole of movie watching. And one of these films included, well, film is a generous term for this, but (laughs) (laughs) one of the movies was uh, Rollerball. Uh, 2002, John McTiernan, uh, remake of the 1975 original by the same name. Um, and uh, yeah, we are doing that film today and talking about it. And uh, Daniel, before we started recording, you showed us your rollerblades. Uh, did you, were you into, were, before watching those movies, like had you started rollerblading or was this like you saw those movies, you thought that looked really cool? So now you've also started picking up rollerblading like in your own in your own life. Oh no no, I I grew up rollerblading. I'm That's a, super cool. I'm a roller man. And then I <laughs> then I had a, then I had one of those hiatuses where everyone just started biking, so I felt like I needed to uh fit in. Right. But now I'm now I'm I want to be me again. <laughs> <laughs> I love to roll I have rollerblades as well and I rollerblade, you know, fairly often the only thing with rollerblades is like it's a little annoying that i have to strap in and strap off it's not as easy to like you know if i'm on a bike i just hop off the bike just a little bit of time i feel like that's kind of a flex like having your shoes like dang like tied and dangled over your shoulder you know true that is pretty cool i used to just bring crocs around in a bag and then I want to hop off and just throw on the Crocs, put the blades in the bag. It'd be wild to walk in somewhere and just have rollerblades strapped to you, like hanging off your shoulder. That's cool. That's, that's what you cool. have to do. That's really cool. I will Whoa. just say I'm in Montreal right now, and I've seen so many people rollerblading here. Really? Yeah. Like, not... A ton, but I just noticed more than in Toronto. Um, maybe it's because the hills are fun, but I'd feel like those would be a pain in the ass to go up. I think it's because you're seeing the birth of a movement. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All from this movie. This, this yeah. is what started it. <laughs> so sorry. I want to acknowledge oh, yes, that'd be very cool. quickly that my stomach grumbled just a second ago, and it's probably on the recording, but I did not fart. <laughs> but it was loud and, and add i think a that's what sound. it's gonna sound like add a dumb really loud part do that but at least now they know that's what you did yeah. no but i'm gonna cut out this part and then we're gonna only include something right now where i say seb did you just fart really loud he has the control there's nothing he can do <laughs> all right sorry i interrupted i love um Never mind, I forgot what I was going to say that I love. I love life and movies, and I don't know if I call Rollerblade whatever movie a movie. I don't Rollerball. Rollerblade I whatever say, movie. <laughs> we'll call it a product. It's a product. I th- it's Many an experience. I'll call it an experience. Product. Yeah, it's an experience. It is, it's, a, it's a product, it's an experience. Movie, film, mm, it's about the same. I'd call it as about the same amount of movie as G.I. Joe was. Okay, oh. well, here's the thing. I think this thing. is better than G.I. Joe. It seems like Adam <laughs> and I actually didn't think this was that bad. I liked it. Like, I mean, I gave I, it three I stars. It, like, I I it's not like I think it's a masterpiece, but I think it's good. 
It's like the shortest, longest film I've ever watched. Really? I thought it rolled by. (laughs) I didn't have a bad time with this movie at all. I said I thought it rolled by. Yeah. yeah, I caught that. Ha 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 ha. Well, Daniel, why don't we start? I mean, so you you've seen this movie before, obviously. This was a rewatch, I guess. Way too many times. How many? How many times? How many times are we talking here? What's your story with this? With this flick? Okay, so I watched it originally, and then I was supposed to go on a friend's. He like he had his own kind of amateurish podcast that he was just starting up, so he was going to do something with me. So I ended up watching it once to take notes and then another time just as a refresher because, you know, things got postponed. So I've seen it three times at this point. And then I literally brushed up and watched it for my fourth time (laughs) last night. I think you are like the premier like rollerball expert in the world. Like like, specifically the 2002 one. I'm a professor. (laughs) Like I could teach a class on this movie i feel like the number is in the single digits of people who have seen it that many times who didn't work, who didn't work on it i think of uh, that's including people who worked on it yeah i don't even think john mctiernan would have seen it this many times he I watched went, the final cut one time and he's like okay yeah that's good. we can save this for later but i went on a mctiernan wikipedia rabbit hole last oh, night okay oh, okay, okay. it's wild <laughs> yeah that's okay. So that's basically why we're doing this movie today is not because I actually really like it at all. I mean, I think it's a fantastic piece of shit, but uh, <laughs> or the reason we're even talking about it is because the backstory of this movie is so wild. And yeah, it just gives so much context to like just the flurry of images you're seeing on screen. I don't know any of the Definitely. backstory, but I, yeah, let's just get into it. Um, should we maybe do a little summary? But let's get into the backstory of the movie because it's kind of like context, and then we You're get right. into the it, movie it's itself. It's like a sum. It's like a summary of the production. Yeah, it sounds like it's interesting. Uh, Daniel, do you want to take it away? Okay. Well, I mean, so for me, this was like a. Uh, I kind of describe it as like a fantastic piece of shit, where like the joy you kind of derive from it is very ironic and uh you know it's sort of nostalgic to like just the absurdity of you know late 90s early 2000s action so i think like there's sort of an appreciation for it on that level um but i mean all of that is just entirely cemented to like the rest of this movie which is just totally like basically unwatchable <laughs> and yeah just exhausting like like nara said i mean the plot moves in a way where you know it's so underdeveloped but like it's all also like like half an hour too long it's it's yeah. kind of too complicated and too simple <laughs> but in ways that i think is yeah. are kind of interesting yeah um and a lot of that has to do with basically the movie moving in three different managerial directions. So you have okay. the actual movie that was written um, by the screenwriter. And that was actually like acclaimed as being well done. Like a great uh, script, like a famously yeah, great cool. script before <laughs> yeah. they made it. They were like, oh, this fixed everything from the first one that wasn't, you know, really adding up. And this is actually like, you know, speaks to maybe something kind of fills. The, yeah, speaks to like the zeitgeist of the moment. Um, but 
basically John McTiernan, uh, you know, this megalomaniac took the script and just <laughs> just totally gutted it. He was just like, I want more. There's not enough rollerball, not enough boobs. <laughs> <laughs> And not enough, like, just, like, violent action. So he just completely reworked it and, like, made it into this movie that when they tested it with audiences, it was just, like, it was so poor. Like, everyone was like, (laughs) what the fuck is this? But, like, they were like, okay, silver lining. It's at least hyper-violent. So, you know, it's entertaining to that degree. But then the the studio was like, we can't we can't make this so then they just like nerf the entire thing oh wow so what you get is this like culmination of three people's visions just totally ruined (laughs) (laughs) it's interesting that mctiernan sort of had the uh the sway i guess to like completely change the script to a totally different thing but then didn't have enough sway to you know have it seen through to the end well do you, do you guys know about McTiernan? Because in my mind, one of the great action directors of all time. Um, he directed, directed Die Hard. and Die Hard and Predator yeah. and Die Hard 3, which I also think is great, at least like action-wise and stuff. Um, so I understand him having the pull to overhaul the script like that. It seems like it was a bad idea. It sounds like the original <laughs> script was good. <laughs> um and I think it explains a lot about this movie, as you said, Daniel. Like, the final scene where it's supposed to be is one of many that I think are confusing. <laughs> and where it's supposed to be like he's being beaten to death, Jonathan is being beaten to death, and the crowd is so disturbed, but you can barely see him being hit. Yeah. Like, it doesn't look that bad at all. <laughs> it doesn't even really look violent. And you can see where, where that violence was cut down uh, all over the movie. Once you know that. I think, yeah. I mean, I think all the stuff that happens in the ring is sort of a disaster in terms of how it's shot. Like, mm-hmm. you never really understand what's happening ever. Uh, not that, like, the outcome of the games matters, like, or that we're following, like, the trajectory of, like, a team or whatever. But I don't even know, like, spatially what's happening. Like, beyond, like, <laughs> beyond, like you know that you should shoot a sports scene with an understanding of like who's winning and who's losing. Even if that doesn't really matter in this regard, it's like, I still don't even know like physically where people are and what's (laughs) going on. Like it's sort of just very disorienting. Yeah, totally. Like with, sorry, Nara, go ahead. No, you can continue. It's fine. (laughs) Okay. Um, I was going to say, with regard to, like, the way they actually portray, like, the rollerball scenes, I mean, they first, like, first of all, they even premise it with the line where it was just, like, the rules, well, the rest of the rules are Russian and complicated. (laughs) Like, they're just (laughs) setting it up. It's just like, yeah, a bunch of shit's going to happen. People are going to fucking be flying around. You're going to have no idea what's going on, but, like, don't worry about it. And then you have... Paul Heyman, who's like the WWE commentator in real life, basically just like navigating you through this like chaotic game with him. He'd be like, whoa, that was uncalled for, you know, or like, how did you get away with that? Why is that different than what was happening before? (laughs) No, go ahead. I was going to say, because I watched um, 15 minutes of the original one. And 
the way they shot the rollerball, like the opening rollerball sequence, is really great. They like shot it like how an actual like sporting event would be shot. Mm-hmm. Um. So, I just think it's really interesting that it's like. Yeah, there's like literally a precedent for how to shoot sports. And they're like, let's just not do that. (laughs) And also, like, at this point, when it was like, even like, yeah, like wrestling and like X Games and stuff that were more sort of like exciting sports than like golf or whatever, it's like there is a way to like shoot and like a precedent to shoot like really kinetic movement and like kinetic sports. But they were just like, no, 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 no. Yeah. My guess, like, when I was watching it, I was like, I can't believe Joan McTiernan would shoot something like this. But my guess is that it was re-edited and, like, a lot of things are being cut around. So that's why it's so confusing. I don't think he would intentionally shoot something or even, like, mistakenly shoot something that badly. Like, action specifically. Yeah, that... It's so so confusing to come from him. Sorry, Adam. No, no, I was interrupting you. (laughs) But, yeah, no, I felt the same. Like... You, uh, Daniel, you, like, outlining this kind of push-pull between McTiernan and the studio, it sounds like, that makes so much sense to me now. Because it's like, yeah, it it feels like uh, just cutting around stuff that, like, you can't show. And that's why it becomes this sort of disorienting mess. It's like, you're taking out half the shots in the sequence, so now, (laughs) like, all the ones that are too violent, I guess. Yeah, it's and uh, just the the set itself is so hilarious. Like the the arena that they're in, it just looks like they just enlarged the Hot Wheels track and just. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I like the set. Yeah, I like, thought it I, looked cool. I thought it looked yeah. cool. And the costumes and stuff. Yeah, we'll definitely. <laughs> should we should we summarize the movie now that we've contextualized the movie? Yes. I do want to talk a, a bit about the original, too, context-wise. But no, so you've watched it. Talk, talk it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Did, have you ever watched the original? I watched the original. How is it? Uh, it's a movie. It's an actual movie. <laughs> I, re- I really like the original. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe I, I do agree with the fact that there are very gaping problems with, like, the thematic course of the film. Um just a lot of things that don't really add up. It seems like they basically tried to take the idea of this kind of uh, ominous idea of corporations and of like, but then just kind of splice it with authoritarian communism. Um, so it's like these two ideas don't really work when you just try to just mash them together, but that's what the movie tried to do. So there were a lot of like holes in the writing. Yeah, um, I, I, read, I read the Wikipedia again and I was like, I f- totally forgot that there's this thing about how rollerball is used to like squash individuality and things like that. Yeah. But I think the rest of the movie from what I remember, if you read it as like um the owners of sports teams mm-hmm. worked okay for me, like they're very controlling of one it's set in a dystopia. That's the big difference. It's not it's set in the present. It's not set in the 70s. It's set in like a dystopian future. Um and the company that owns Jonathan's rollerball team is very controlling of his personal life. Um, and uh, he's kind of like a violent guy on and off the court. And it just really felt to me like it could have been like an NFL movie, That's what like I, a really heavy-handed NFL well, movie. 
That's what I thought this one was, though. I thought there was a lot, like, I thought this was very analogous to the NFL, actually, like, in, in a lot of different ways. I mean, obviously, the, like, the the people who run the league uh, not giving a shit about player safety and violence and just sort of, I mean, endorsing it, uh, even while putting on the face of, like, no, no, we care. We care about concussions. We care about whatever. Mm-hmm. But really, they don't. Like, they just see these players as totally expendable, like, non-humans, uh, just objects who, like, will fight for their amusement. Um, and also even down to, like, sort of the, like, wealth distribution amongst the players, like, that it's, like, the stars are treated well and get, you know, they can live. But everyone else is sort of just, like, these expendable like you know they they don't have they have no like uh power or anything no good job security nothing like uh i thought it was very analogous to the nfl and that was the stuff that i picked up that i thought was really interesting about the movie actually yeah definitely i mean there are yeah so you sort of see the workings of like a like tangible thematic elements that are being developed but all of that is just totally steamrolled by you know mctiernan and the studio's sort of more uh kind of like obvious decision making to just make it very much about like you know oh this star is gonna win and save everyone right <laughs> yeah and the, the the decision to move the action from a dystopian like America coded, you know, dystopian landscape to a Kazakhstan mining town is very strange. Yeah. It's kind of interesting, but it's it's so weird as a decision to me. It makes it harder to see it as like a critique of this American sports institution because you're removing it so much from America. And then the heroes are these like American stars. So it, it makes it seem like it's less analogous to yeah the american sports leagues right i like how it's also just vaguely sent in central asia or sent yeah. in central asia like it's not even like they say kazakhstan it's just central asia like i thought that, at when one point the they plane. did say kazakhstan i think it's sh- ca- there the is map. a title card at the start where it just says central asia yeah yeah but on <laughs> yeah. the map <laughs> yeah the yeah, map it know. like zooms in somewhere no, I thought that was really funny when we were, like, brought into the scene and it's just, like, Central Asia, like, not <laughs> Well, apparently on the Wikipedia, one of the studio notes was that the movie was, quote-unquote, too Asian. And that was one of the things <laughs> yeah. they had to... That's actually... That's there. <laughs> what was too Asian about it? I have no idea. That they cut. I want to see the director's cut of Rollerball. Yeah. I will pay good money for that. It might be good. I don't. I don't like. Only it sounds thing... like it wasn't good. It was just more violent. Yeah, but and that's it, sort it's of probably ironic. a little better well, or, or more more coherent. Yeah, it would probably it, be more it, coherent. Yeah. Sorry, Nara, you go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, yeah, it'd definitely be like easier to understand. Yeah, I wonder how it would play though, because it. I feel like, I mean, this is. I think thematically, this is trying to be like an anti-violence movie. I, I don't, I don't know if like ratcheting up the violence would necessarily make that point clearer. Maybe it would. Maybe it would become so large that it would feel like, obviously, uh, satirical or whatever. But I sort of have doubts that that would be the case. Well, in the original Rollerball, again, Jonathan is 
is violent with like his partner and at the end the the final beat of the movie is him choosing not to kill someone in the ring and then everyone cheering for him from that and it doesn't show like he completely changed the world it's just like this one moment of rebellion that maybe could lead somewhere whereas the end of this one is him being so violent and causing this whole revolution which also is killing the executive it would be like if he killed roger goodell at the end of a movie about the nfl (laughs) he kills so many people while wearing rollerblades (laughs) imagine getting killed by a man on rollerblades okay i'm imagining sick that is how i'm going out though I'm just attacking execs and CEOs while strapped in. <laughs> um, should I do a summary? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm trying to even word this as to how how we meet Jonathan Cross, the main character. He is he's like a he's street. Sl- He's like Loser. a sledge racer. Or so weird. <laughs> and he's going to be the number one overall pick in the NHL draft or whatever. They say something like that. He's like a hockey player. Yeah. He well, he gives up being a hockey player. Mm. He he was gonna he was gonna. I don't even know if he was number one NHL pick or if he just had a good chance and then like rollerball oh, okay. world like blew it out of. No, it said he was drafted, but his coach wanted him to play defense, and he wants to be a star. (laughs) (laughs) So he decided to move to Kazakhstan to see that dream. That's so weird. It's so that whole first sequence is so disorienting. It's and and then he refuses to play in rollerball, and then it's a hard cut, and now he's in the rollerball league, which I I think the cops are outside his house. Yeah, Yeah, that is like going after him from what i can tell is like mischief or like public endangerment like not serious crimes movie wise right (laughs) like he didn't do anything i guess he kicked that guy and he went through the window and maybe he died but it seems weird to leave his whole life there for like a street racing charge you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) and i think you could cut that whole sequence and the movie would pretty much be the same like, you don't learn much about him. Um, <laughs> it could just start with the first match. You know what? Yeah, it literally totally. would be the same, I think. I think the only thing that it wouldn't do is build up the relationship slightly between uh, Cool J and Jonathan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's all you're missing. And that LL Cool J, like, can retire early and give money to his family. Right. That sequence to me read a, a bit, like... Fast and Furious was big the year before this. Mm-hmm. We have to have a street racing sort of thing. Because even, like, him opening the door and, like, get in, like, that's from Fast and Furious. That's how they escape the street race in Fast and Furious. True. Um, True. Anyway, Jonathan is, is enrolled in an extreme sport called Rollerball, but he starts to become wary of the TV executives who, who run it um, and who may be intentionally endangering and harming players for higher ratings it's just like the nfl so he and his allies uh decide to try and escape rollerball and a lot of other stuff happens I have a question. Go ahead. Go so, ahead. you know how all the all this this uh jonathan and ll cool j's character wanting to escape is incited because people on their team specifically keep getting hurt 
why is it like the like big conspiracy is only revolving around their specific team? And no, it's not, well, like, I a think league wide thing. I don't know if that it's specifically happening to their team specifically, but I mean, it's told from the perspective of their team. So that's true, but it just seems like every time it's like the the ratings are going down. It's like uh. John Reno is like, oh, you signals to the other team owners, like, get your dude to kill my dude <laughs> yeah. so we can get our ratings up, <laughs> which I just feel like is a bad business plan. <laughs> I mean, but it's maybe it's just that plan. John Reno <laughs> has so much money and sway that he can just keep getting players. I don't know. I mean, the short of it is that they don't want, like, I mean, it's a dumb movie. So they're like, well, we can't have the home team have corrupt players on it. Like that's the, <laughs> you know, like so true. Right, right. They're the a, heroes. Yeah, yeah. They're the heroes, so they can't be also like, you know, culpable in this scheme. But I think that's also a flaw in like just under like uh, outlining the sort of ecosystem of like the league itself. Like, who are the other teams? What it like. And like I'm a, I love sports, so I preface by saying that. But like, whenever I'm watching a sports movie, I'm like, I want to know what the like ecosystem of the league is. Like, who are the good teams? Like, what's the kind of personality of the different teams? So then it makes like, I don't know, it makes me invested in sort of like the league itself, especially if you ha- are uh, you know creating a whole new sport. Um, but I don't under like I don't know what's different about any matches between any of these teams. I don't know if other teams are also getting injured. I don't know if this is a good team that we're following. Are they a bad team? I guess this guy's a star. That's the one thing we know. He's like the best player. The one thing that I could potentially think of that makes the most sense. So maybe it's just because so much of this movie was cut and badly developed because and for the action of it all, which was then also cut, is that people from Jonathan's rollerball team keep getting killed because it seems like they are like the sort of highest up in the league, maybe. And they're like, they already have the biggest audience draw anyway. And then when it's like the thing you love is at stake, then you're like more likely to be drawn to it. I don't know. Um, it just, I don't know. They had American players. I don't think the other teams had American players, but the other teams also did not have little cards that flash up on the screen that said everyone had this might be a more minor problem in a better movie too but i also thought if the first half is supposed to unfold like a mystery the mystery is very obvious from the beginning like if it's supposed to be like oh rollerball is bad john (laughs) renault is corrupt this businessman he doesn't have our best interests at heart and like they're all shocked by this it just like it's obvious from the first scene what's happening and it's strange that it takes them so long to figure it out well, I th- okay, so what I love about uh, the character, specifically like Chris Klein is, uh, or Jonathan, is that he basically like is so unreceptive to the, like just what his teammates just understand to be reality. Like his teammates <laughs> will just be like, yeah, this like Alexi, he's like, you know, who's the kind of oligarch head of the TV production they're like, yeah, he's a shitty dude. He's going to try to do this for ratings. And he, you know, and Jonathan's like, what are you talking about? He seems like a nice guy. <laughs> like that's his just, his response is to like gaslight everyone all the time because he's just like this privileged fucking 
guy living in his own bubble. <laughs> yeah. Are, are we getting an echo from somebody? No. Maybe I'm you not. Hear, is that better? Can you still hear it? Say something? Hello. Yeah, I can't hear it now. All right, maybe it was okay. just because this was close to the speaker or the uh, headphone. Oh, okay. Um, Sorry. I, one thing that I think would be fun to talk about is the, the night vision sequence. That Hell yeah. <laughs> I actually think happens. it's good. I liked it. I liked really? it also. I thought it was cool. I, it was it, like it a was Michael like, Mann thing. <laughs> yeah, I thought I also had that thought. It was, I guess, fun. It was just so hard for me. I guess maybe it's the night vision paired with this film's fatal flaw of cutting so much that you can't really tell what's happening. It was just like very hard to follow for me. Or not not as hard as the sports. I was just like, this is taking a lot more brain power than an action movie should take. Yeah, they were the first time. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was just gonna say the first time I watched it, I was just like, what the fuck is this? Like, I was trying to figure out if this was, you know, like why would you do this? There's no, no one stalking you with night vision goggles. You know, it just seems so weird. Uh, and then I like, you know, after actually like doing a bit of like research on this movie i mean they put it in because the movie was just financially tanking like they had spent so much money on like reshoots because of the studio like just trying to like totally nerf this that uh when they went to this scene they had seen that it was like completely like i guess under developed in terms of like it's like it was like lighting. underlit right yeah underlit That's so awesome. in, in, they didn't have it's enough money dark. to reshoot it so they just like it gave it this green tint. <laughs> we didn't have a. <laughs> that's so. That's genius. That's genius. It was lit think... poorly, so we put it in night vision. I actually Problem think that's solved. really smart. I think it's and... smart too. I'm not being ironic. I like yeah. it. And it's weirdly to me like the one old school like McTiernan sequence in it. Like I actually think there's suspense when the cars are coming. When the it's just the lights from the plane, and you're like, what the hell is that? And, like, there's a sort of, like, not real time, but after, like, the relentless cutting of the rollerball and, like, uh, it just feels so much more like reality when they're just driving and there's, like, cars in the distance that are, like, mm -hmm. slowly approaching. I actually think there's danger to that sequence. I, I, yeah. I, think, I thought it was cool. I agree. I will say I, I really like the moment um, when it's they're like up on the the like the hill or whatever looking at them about to cross the border mm -hmm. and they're raising the bridge and he's about to like take LL Cool J out and he's like wait 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 I want to see if he makes it I thought that was like a really smart move like just ha adding that extra sort of like maniacal thing to the that character and then also giving the audience a little bit more hope that it's like oh he could make mm -hmm. it but also he could double die um, which I thought was like a fun nice moment yeah you never want to double die <laughs> my favorite part of that scene was uh, the goofy ass sound effect yes when they go oh, yeah. through the fence <laughs> the boing <laughs> and that that feels like another product of it being underweight of like it's important that they the audience knows they went through this fence so we'll do the exact same very distinct sound effect twice so you know yeah. where everyone is <laughs> but it's the goofiest thing <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we can't afford more sound effects or quality. Let's just go to the, like, 
royalty free sound effect thing. Like, I, I thought I misheard that the first yeah. time I watched yeah. it. Yeah, me too. I think it's honestly smart, low budget film. I mean, I guess it's not a low budget movie, but like that problem is a smart DIY solution. Yeah. Okay, we can't, we literally can't shoot anything else, uh, but we have this scene that's unseeable. And how do we solve this? That's smart. That's honestly smart. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I thought it was cool. That was that was honestly my favorite part of the whole movie. That, I that mean, sequence. it is very telling when your fate, like when our favorite collectively, our probably favorite scenes is like just this, like yeah, terrible accident. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it just speaks to the rest of the movie so much. <laughs> Uh, what else is there to talk about? What do, what do we think about Rebecca, Rebecca Romaine's character? Thought there was a couple weird things. Bro, she needs to put a shirt on. <laughs> She's gonna like chafe so bad. That would be so uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> Apparently that was also like a studio thing of like adding shadows to that scene so she wasn't as nude. Which doesn't make sense to me because I swear there's a lot of other nudity in the movie and wouldn't this already be an R-rated movie in the States? If there's just nudity in it? There was the nudity in it when at like the nightclub scene or whatever where he like brings home and he's like, what did, tell me about this. Or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, and in the locker room there's also people yeah, the naked. Yeah, the locker room is mad nudity. I will say I, um, I, I guess that's sort of a keep through uh, from the original where you just see a bunch of like dude ass <laughs> in the like, first scene um, but here you get like boobs instead I guess you know a little, nice little trade off equality that's harmony right there yeah. <laughs> um, was he just saying implying that she was a lesbian to throw off the idea that they were together yes yeah, okay. and probably to be like, don't try anything. Right. That's weird. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Very 2002. I mean, the character of uh, Jonathan, like uh, Chris Klein, he is, I feel like he only ever really kind of uh, acted well in one movie, and that was uh, Election. He's and that's so good he played, at Election. Oh, yeah. He plays exactly the kind of person who he can only play like that's like a that's puppy dog archetype. yeah like he's literally if you took uh, a jock and a golden retriever <laughs> i was thinking during this i mean we can take a we can take a roll down whack actor avenue it seems like the time um he's like keanu without any mystery <laughs> yeah well i think they were trying to i think John McTiernan, like, this is speculation, but I think he was trying to get Keanu Reeves to play this role, and then oh. he couldn't. So he just got, like, the next dumbest-looking thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, this Chris Klein sort of looks like Keanu, but I don't think he's yeah. got the same energy at all. He, he talks a bit no. like Keanu, I think. Yeah. His delivery's like Keanu. <laughs> like, he definitely is trying to put on some kind of, like... It's almost like there's scenes where he's trying to be moody, and then it just completely, you know, dissolves into just him being a puppy again. Like he can't, <laughs> yeah. he can't keep up the facade. 
I also think he's good in American Pie because, again, he's like this jock where you assume maybe he's going to be like uh, an asshole or something. And then it turns out he's just this really sweet guy. And I think that works as well with any with this or where there's like supposed to be any sort of grit. It doesn't make sense to put him there. And I also don't think he's a leading man. Like he's like a, a character actor who can kind of do this one thing really well. Yeah, I, I love like the moments where he's um, just like, I like he, he like there's a at the beginning game where he just basically like roasts, you know, his girlfriend. Like, you know, he's just like, she's just like, stop with this cowboy antic shit. And then he just like does like some bad Russian accent. Oh, just, right, like, right. Yeah, just stop with this cowboy antic. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Doesn't work. Yeah, just totally roast her, and then they're hooking up later. Like, <laughs> like what? Uh, should we pause? I feel like we should acknowledge on air. We should call out Google. Yeah. For this crap. Well, when did this happen? I, um, I, it's fine. I just put my card info in, and I'm gonna cancel it after this. What? what? I was just gonna. I just sent a different Let's link. Just make a new meeting. Over. Okay. Well, my card's already in it. I no, don't it, do that. So. Just go to a different link. <laughs> I already did it. What am I supposed to do? Undo it? Yeah. Can you? Oh, is there a time limit? So it, okay. Yeah, it's yeah it, Google it. hates us. There's never been a time limit. I guess they just added one. Oh, damn. You're getting paywalled? Yeah. Yeah. How much sucks. did you pay, Nara? Nothing. It was oh, okay. like, don't, it's like yeah, 10 don't. day free trial. Oh. Okay. Well, okay, then we might fine, as well then. stay yeah, in here, that's right? Fine. Yeah. Okay. I was like, I'll do that and then cancel it after today. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Anyway, call out Google Rollerball Dystopia. Yeah. <sighs> Fuck you, Google. The Rollerball Dystopia is here. If Google ran the NFL, they'd do the same thing. <laughs> One thing I, I like they kept from the original is the weird, like, climactic chant of Jonathan. Jonathan. <laughs> it's not cool. It's not a cool name to chant. <laughs> I don't. I like yeah, this, why did they keep it? It's so weird. I guess because it kind of was like it was iconic in the first one, so it, it seems like they just kept it to like, you know, uh, be consistent and kind of have it their own epic moment. But mm. yeah, it it really doesn't fit, and I like the way they spell it out on the screen. Yeah, <laughs> it's just John Aton. <laughs> What how what's the moment in the first one? I haven't seen the original, but I would love to because it's it's Norman Jewison. Norman Jewison has directed two of my favorite movies, uh, Jesus Christ Superstar and Fiddler on the Roof. Great um, director. Never seen it. Weirdly, John McTiernan also did a remake of another Norman Jewison movie, uh, Thomas Crown Affair. So oh, there's like there's really? like a history uh, of yeah, wow, <laughs> that's interesting. Taking um, his I'm content. so excited for uh, John McTiernan's uh, Fiddler on the Roof. It's gonna be really good. <laughs> Can't wait to see the action scenes in that. What's all this talking? <laughs> Man, John McTiernan's fiddler on the roof. That that'd be that'd be something. John McTiernan's Moonstruck. <laughs> oh yeah, Jewison directed Moonstruck too. Moonstruck's great. Oh, I forgot director. about that. Love Moonstruck. But at, at the end of the first one, um, when he doesn't kill the guy the crowd starts chanting Jonathan and it's maybe the seeds of a revolution. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. They totally botched that in this. <laughs> it's just now at this time, it's just the American hero kills the villain. Boom. And I mean, Hey, I'm happy that he killed the executive. The guy sucks, but 
what, what I was also confused about like this Naveen Andrews coming back in at the end being like yeah you sh- if you kill the boss you shouldn't like make a deal with his like success or whatever and then immediately <laughs> and I was like there's no lead up to that that came out of nowhere no. what was his his plan like he expected this to happen and then <laughs> yeah I was so like what's weird. his plan <laughs> also Paul Heyman is like is he gonna do it is he gonna do it oh my god he's doing it and he expected him to go through the glass and start killing Xavier. <laughs> like, everyone knew that was gonna happen yeah he's just like do it Dude. <laughs> that was kind of a sweet shot though yeah i thought he was like hyping him up to like just fight back or like run away like i thought he was gonna know, score like... i thought he was yeah gonna score. Well, i think that was the idea but then right. the real the real vic score the real victory is to jump through the glass and kill the guy <laughs> <laughs> i think I... that was the idea yeah I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna put this out here. I think the best character in this film was Denikin or Denny or whatever the like guy who was a miner then became a roller. Yeah. Roller. Oh yeah. And He's then, the I think story. he was also like the most developed character somehow. Like him and like LL Cool J kind of like at least you know LL Cool J has like a family that he's sending money to and doesn't want to be a lawyer. Yeah, definitely. And both of them get killed for Jonathan. So. His struggle, yeah. his story. I like, um, like the fact that you know, as Chris Klein, you're just getting outperformed by LL Cool J. Like, really says something. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, like, L- yeah. You're like, wow, LL Cool J. Yeah, <laughs> kind of pops in this movie. <laughs> well, there is like zero character development. It's basically all like every character is just a cipher for like, um, just like uh, exposition. So like every all the dialogue is just like, you know talking about the society they live in or like just some next plot point like there is no character development so the only people that seem to actually have any kind of personality i think are paul Heyman, yeah. you know, the commentator <laughs> or uh alexi i think i actually kind of i, I vibed on alexi that the, he's just the minor so, character he's he's like the oligarch so he he's just like i love his just like completely unhinged energy yeah yeah mm, yeah, yeah i think genre knows good in this yeah he's yeah good. he's having fun uh i yeah i will say that it's like even if the movie is bad and the character isn't developed you know genre knows just having the best time <laughs> yeah he's going yeah. i don't know he's fun I, to watch yeah he's going big like it's as silly as kind of the movie should be mm-hmm. like it's i, I think alexi like is an almost like an apt metaphor for like just John McTiernan, like this total control freak <laughs> who is just willing to like watch, you know, every he's just willing to let everything burn just to kind of get his way. But it ultimately just blows up in his face. Yeah, this is kind of sad. But did you read up on John McTiernan after this movie? This is the oh, yeah, we are, we are going really to go down stuff. this wormhole. OK, we okay. Jail, maybe we right? should. <laughs> Yeah, maybe we should finish with the actors because I, I think. Okay. Well, I, I remember reading about this a done. while ago. I gotta look it up. Go on, please. Um. What other maybe, actors? Maybe that, yeah, maybe that was all. It was cool to see Naveen Andrews in a movie. I've only ever seen yeah. him on Lost. Yeah, that's yeah, true. I, I, I watched the movie with uh, Ryan and Eliza, and Ryan was just really hyped that Naveen Andrews is in it because Ryan loves Lost. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, oh, it would have been nice to see, to see Novi and Andrews do more. Yeah, besides... definitely. Gravel. Yeah. 
Oh, one thing I wanted to point out, vaguely actor. Um, I I don't know who it is, what the character's name is, but you know the like bodyguard agent that was like tailing mm-hmm. Jonathan for part of it, and they had a little conversation. I would have liked more from like that back and forth like that dynamic where it's like this agent who like wants to like help and support jonathan and whatever i wanted like that character be to be in on the like little escape plan but then like he actually like can't really do anything because he's also like just part of this like oppressive system and he like has too much at stake to like reveal more and it's like yeah he's a good i thought that would yeah yeah i thought that would have been a fun thing Totally. I agree. Like, there are so many moments where, uh, like, the thematic kind of um, things that are brought up are actually, like, there are some interesting ideas. Uh, None of it, a lot of it doesn't really come through. But I mean, like, you know, just uh, when you kind of are looking at the society they live in, like, you have kind of the basic kind of class structure with, like, the, the miners who are forced into this kind of oppressive system where like they're paid meager wages um and then their only real avenue to like kind of exercise their like i guess just pent-up frustration is this rollerball arena Uh where like um you know alexi has basically set it up where like people go there to like unwind and uh like they whatever meager wage you make for the you know, the week that you've been working is just gambled away, spent on like, you know, vice. And uh, yeah, then you basically restart your week, like, you know, poor and indentured again. So like, I think there is an interesting dynamic with kind of like, you know, cyclical poverty that, you know, is created like uh, institutionally. Um, and the fact that even the players who uh, aren't like, say, stars like Jonathan, like they're just even though they're making more like they're on a kind of a different tier than you know the miners you know they're one bad decision away from like getting off and their family getting off like they really don't have any power to but uh within that structure of like the rollerballing community you know they're pitted against each other uh which is very like typical of like you know that kind of environment um so i think there like are interesting things that they do talk about um but yeah, like a lot of it, all of it is just totally lost on this like waste of a movie. <laughs> it is an interesting, like very specific setting, which I think is, is cool. I do think Adam's right that it seems like to take any like bite out of the commentary about America or American sports. But I, yeah. I do think it's an well, interesting cause, idea. Well, because all the stuff you're saying, Daniel, like, yeah, that's all the stuff that I responded to and why I sort of like the movie. But as I mentioned before, like, yeah, I just feel like it loses its target by making it so like clearly not, uh, America, like a not, um, well, obviously it is like an extension of American sports institution and even, uh, uh, yes. I don't know where I was going with that sentence, (laughs) but like, but to, to move it there and to make, and then to make the hero, american and it just feels like it totally loses its target but i still am like i still think all that stuff's interesting and like apt as a critique or an analysis of like i mean class in america and how it intersects with violent sports 
Yeah. And well, I think also this is also speaking to uh, globalization um, Mm. and kind of the way like we are now kind of consuming things, not just, you know, on a local level, but, you know, these global markets and the products we consume are often at the expense of the people who like have to produce them. Mm-hmm. So like, mm-hmm. even though he's getting this North American TV deal and presumably people all around the world are watching this spectacle, you know, uh, that spectacle can only exist by, you know, basically creating these can like just horrible conditions for the people who live there. Like we benefit from their at their expense is kind of how I saw it. And like, there are these, those scenes where, you know, Jonathan, who's like just so fucking oblivious all the time to like anything that actually might be going on. Like he's just, you know, ripping down the street with like his, like with uh, LL Cool J, like, and none of them are really internalizing like, yeah, like where is everyone? You know, nothing is, you have these entire, this entire city that's been constructed, but like no one is living in it. And they literally like, drive up to the club like presumably like you know the one place that actually has people in it mm-hmm. everything else is just totally like just vacant space yeah also the part where it was like he was like leaving with like aurora rebecca remains character at the end and it was like he, she was like get out of your car turn around it took him so long and he's just like he was just chilling there being like, no, why? Why should I get out of my car? Like, and I was like, bro. And then, like, when his car gets, like, firebombed or whatever, he's like, that's my car. And I'm like, is that really, like, the most of your, like, the biggest problem for you right now? Like, seriously? Yeah, like, even as people are literally rioting their, like, conditions, he, like, is only fixated on his fucking car. Like, he has, he's not asking any larger question, like, why are yeah. people doing this? I think that could work as commentary. I just think it is like what Adam's saying about like they don't want to stage that revolution scene in America, so they have to put it in you know Central Asia, like this revolution against like you know the corporate owners and whatever. But you totally yeah. could like it could be the same scene in in America. And it would I think it there is the basis for a you know decent idea there if uh, and maybe this is what happens in the first one. I haven't seen it, but. Like that it is this star player who's obviously getting preferential treatment and like doesn't really recognize like the suffering of even the other people on his team, um, you know, coming to sort of realize that and like become like use his own power for uh, great change. But that doesn't really like that. I don't know. Yeah. Doesn't really happen in this movie. It's a good idea. It could be there, I guess. You're right. And it, it, it doesn't happen, uh, which is kind of interesting. So like I kind of had a, a read. So going back to like why it's set in where it is, I'll just quickly. Um, I think another reason is, you know, this movie is in the early 2000s. I, I assume they made it before 9-11, like before everything kind of went upside down. So like the geographical area that was kind of in like America's like sites was sort of just that vague general region. Like they were transitioning between basically the like, you know, USSR being like the existential threat to just like, uh, you know, now that they had complete like global hegemony, it was more about like just 
um, being world police. And since that is kind of a very, it's a, it's a region of the world that, you know, is undergoing a lot of like radical change because they're, you know, adopting new forms of government and like adopting capitalism. It's yeah. It just kind of becomes this like space that you can put into a film and be like, yeah, this area is corrupt and these are the bad people. Right. Like, I think that it has something to do with that. That's you know? so interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't have been able to put it even in action movie context like that. Because <laughs> it's funny. It's just like, who who are the villains to America <laughs> in each decade for, like, action movies and how it shifts? It's it's wild. Yeah, totally. Um, and I mean... Oh, oh no, yeah, sorry. go ahead. No, 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 no please continue. I was going to go on a different subject. Uh, well, I was going to say, so my reading into uh, kind of the end of the film um, and like its thesis is like, so you have that scene where uh, Alexi and he, I think uh, he kind of actually says something that is actually kind of a, an intelligent premise where he says like, I don't own the means of production, basically, like I own the man who owns it. Mm-hmm. So the kind of the idea that like power isn't so much having stuff it's about controlling bodies like controlling people mm-hmm. like that's what real power is um so i was just kind of thinking about that and uh it's interesting to think that with the uh the rollerball at the entire project of you know this thing is to kind of control the miners and ensure that you know they're um putting all their money back so that they are kind of like you know poor after every week but also you know that he constructs this idea of celebrity and that's like a really prevalent theme in this mm-hmm. um he creates the kind of idol that you know people will like worship jonathan um and that you know uh through jonathan he's able to exercise more control and i think his undoing is actually when he sort of loses that when jonathan kind of becomes like rogue yeah in a way because he's still sorry i interrupted you no no no, go ahead well yeah because he's still like in control of jonathan even as like jonathan it it seems like jonathan has some sort of like sway as the star as the power but it's like uh yeah if this guy can still control like jonathan's behavior as a even as the star then he can see still totally in control of like how everyone else interacts with him, how everyone else sees him, and thus is still in control of like the beliefs and actions of like everyone from star level player to the other players to then the miners and you know spectators. Like it's yeah, and it's like it's it's also then thus kind of a movie about like the player, the laborer recognizing like the power that they actually have and being able to learn that like they can exercise like their power and their sway because they the the this guy alexi like he has nothing without the players um really they have all the power but it's like they sort of don't realize that they feel like there's this sort of an indebtedness to the corporation like they like even though they feel indebted but they're probably also like a lot of them it seems came to that situation from a worse situation so they're like oh if i risk that i'm just gonna like regress again and that's scary yeah 
And there's the the minor character who becomes a rollerball player who you mentioned, Nara, who's another aspirational figure of like, oh, you know, maybe I could be in rollerball or the miners clearly identify with him and then it all falls apart when Alexei kills him. Yeah, that's when the revolution really starts. Yeah, the only thing unions. Yeah, the only well, the whole system here is like, yeah, the only thing to aspire to is to just be in another situation where maybe it's it's marginally better but you're still being controlled you're still being put in horribly dangerous situations and but yeah it's it's still it's set up as if like this is the thing you should aspire to look maybe you can be in another exploitive situation (laughs) yeah and (laughs) um i think what's also (coughs) oh sorry no it's fine fine. (laughs) i think what's also kind of interesting and this is like obviously just you know, me reading way too much into this stupid movie, but uh, it's like the, um, so I I see Alexi as kind of like the, you know, the power establishment and uh, he has kind of created uh, his own doom in the idol worship of like celebrity who is, you know, Jonathan. But Jonathan is like, you know, alienated from the realities of the average miner. Like he doesn't he doesn't actually care about them. He's, Mm -hmm. you know, in the final scene, he's really just working um, on like based on his own self-interest to like over kind of like overhaul this system. And that is Alexi's downfall. So like the way I read it is like, you know, you kind of just have like you have basically the establishment getting usurped by celebrity, which is like, you know. Does it sound familiar to anyone? <laughs> what? <laughs> wow, what a cool concept. I wonder how smart they had to be to come up with that. <laughs> the red hot celebrity star power of Joe Biden just got him all the way to the White House. <laughs> I want to send that... you... Oh, no. Sorry. No, I mean, yeah, maybe we're moving on. All that stuff is in there. Like, all that stuff is totally in there. And it sucks that it's not better executed because i think it's <laughs> yeah. fascinating that's the stuff i think like when i'm saying i like this movie it's because i've there are so many kernels that i find interesting and i don't think there are a lot of movies that are actually like i mean specifically about sports institutions and how they create like or mm. you know the exploitive practices of sports institutions and like sort of why people are very into this and are kind of brainwashed into thinking this is the only avenue to ascend from uh other exploitive situations like i think it's a great idea and it sucks that it's not better um i feel like it was probably in that original screenplay that everyone was saying probably was so great probably and was and apparently also, full of social commentary that was the thing that mctiernan took out apparently i think yeah, that the reason why people don't like this is because of the nfl state media making you all <laughs> yeah. making you all a- yeah. organized cabal yeah everyone <laughs> they got everyone to pan the movies the nfl state media i believe that's true and i will not take any further questions yeah <laughs> i stand by you in that statement <laughs> honestly i don't think that's true about this movie but i wouldn't be that surprised if i stand by you with that statement i wouldn't be that surprised because they do isn't that what like the nfl does that there was the whole thing where it was like all the stuff about concussions when they were coming the out and concussion? they yeah i think that's what concussions about i never saw it but like all the player safety stuff that they just like 
you know, paid off a lot to cover it all up. And uh, I'm sure if someone, well, maybe they probably got concussion panned too. The NFL <laughs> state media probably was. Yeah, I didn't know, but I oh, know who well, he was. I really like that movie. There you concussion, go. Concussion, not rollerball. <laughs> um, before I know we're mostly off Black Actor Avenue, but before we leave completely and go to director detour, just wanted to say one thing about Paul Heyman. Okay. Um, when the credits were starting, I was like, Paul Heyman, where do I know that name? And I remember a few articles a few years ago saying Paul Heyman was giving an Emmy-level performance on WWE. And his character, I don't, I've never watched wrestling, but apparently his character is the manager of a wrestler named Brock Lesnar. And this video was circulating of this interview he gives, like that's, you know, within the fiction of WWE. That's just amazing. And I just want you guys to watch the first 30 seconds okay. of this. And we have to talk about McTiernan in a second. I can't believe we buried the lead about this movie. (laughs) Yeah. We'll we'll get to this in one second. We're hyping people up. I also want to ask everyone what their their favorite uh, fake movie sport is. So those are the three things we have to do. But we'll watch this first. Um, Does everyone have it queued up? Let me get it. What's it called? I've just um, I sent it in the, chat. in the chat. Oh, okay. I see. For anyone who I, wants I to mean, watch I'm along not... at home, it's called Paul um, Heyman Breaks the Silence About Brock Lesnar. Raw, August 6, 2018. It has 2 million views. Which is <laughs> bizarre. All right. Ready? 3, 2, 1, play. Paul, I really appreciate you being able to sit down with me tonight. Now, last week when Monday Night Raw ended, it appeared that you and your client... <laughs> oh my god. Sorry that um Brock Lesnar and yourself have severed your business ties. Where do you and Brock Lesnar stand right now? Wow. I don't know. Um Brock Lesnar has disconnected his phone number and I've tried to reach him through intermediaries and I I Oh my god. I don't know where we stand. This is a. This what is the incre- hell is that? <laughs> That's incredible. That's incredible. Oh my god. The tears in his eyes, the tremble. She goes the quiet little, when he just like, looks tick. up. It's so surprising to see the look on his face. Wow. With no context, too. That's yeah. It's just an incredible performance. Okay, McTiernan. We'll blaze through these things, but I think we've buried the lead about this movie because apparently he hired a private investigator to wiretap the producer of Rollerball because, as we know, and this says on Wikipedia here, McTiernan had been in a disagreement with Rovin, the producer, about what type of movie Rollerball should be and had hired uh, Pelicano, the private investigator, to investigate Rovin's intentions and actions. He had asked Pelicano to try to find instances where Rovin made negative remarks about the studio executives or said things that were inconsistent with what he said to the studio. So that's incredible. And he got charged for this. He got charged. He for went hiring. to jail. He went to jail. He went. To, yeah, that's wild over this movie. I didn't realize that's why he went to jail. A man of vision. <laughs> yeah. He went to jail for his art. Did you go to jail for rollerball yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> and, and reading like the the 
procedure of like what happened is so weird and sad because it's like one the court case goes for more than a decade like he did he did this in 2000 and he went to jail in 2013 so the court case was going on for so long and it's like he keeps making it worse for himself like he gets the initial case dismissed but then that allows the fbi to charge him with a whole bunch more things um because he had an agreement with them that he wouldn't be charged with those on the original case like it just keeps getting worse and worse it's uh it's pretty pretty sad to read yeah and i think he uh at one point in order to like divert uh you know um to be like oh i wasn't spying on my uh producer he like tried to kind of scapegoat it like it was you know he hired a pi to investigate his ex-wife um and then his ex-wife found out and then she just sued him and he just, so not only oh did he God. get convicted <laughs> he's just piling for like, on for, yeah so now he, he so the fbi basically proved that he had uh wiretapped um the producer and they uh because he had, had basically just admitted to like having his ex-wife investigated his ex-wife just like sued him and she took like a bunch of his money and between all the like court fees and the f- money he had to pay to her I think he just like is basically bankrupt. He declared bankruptcy like sometime. <laughs> yeah, it's what it says here on Wikipedia. Damn, and it's it's that's wild. So, that's really sad. Because you just think about like all like the diehard products that get sold every year, like the yeah. t-shirts, <laughs> Predator, the box also, sets. Right? Yeah, Predator. Like it's wild to think that he's bankrupt and he hasn't made a movie since two thousand three. Yeah, he made one more movie after Rollerball called Basic. Which is a really bad movie. But yeah. it's, it sucks <laughs> that, like, yeah, I still think he's one He's one of the greats from just the few movies that he made yeah. in the 90s. Has anyone seen Last Action Hero? That was, like, no, a I've big heard flop. It's great. Yeah, I want, but I would like to see that. I also directed that. I uh, started following his, um, no, it's not his Facebook page, but it's a, uh, a page called uh, the John McTiernan Appreciation Page. And uh, it was formerly known as the Free John McTiernan Page. <laughs> <laughs> but he's out now. So how long was he in jail for? Was Did anyone know? It was like, it was like, it said it was like 10 months and then he spent two months in house arrest, something like that. Yeah. Okay. And it w- he was in a place that was listed as one of America's cushiest prisons. And, and he right, was an yeah, extremely exactly. wealthy man. Of course. But still, yeah. it's like, it's it's wild. And it's just yeah. wild that it was for defending the integrity of uh, of rollerball. Rollerball, but hey, maybe he had a point. Maybe that director's cut is great. Well, I don't know if we <laughs> talked about it, but so the movie cost seventy million to make, and they only grossed twenty oh. or twenty five. Like this thing tanked. But were you saying were you saying that this? Sorry, Nara, go ahead. I was just say, guys, go rent Rollerball on iTunes. <laughs> get their box office numbers back up. <laughs> but you said it sort of, like the studio was trying to tank it. Like it seemed, did they not promote it very well? What is what's no? The- they weren't trying to tank it. They were like trying to like nerf his direct like directorial decisions. Like they were they were trying to like mute right. the violence and the nudity and just kind of the absurd action sequences. By making yeah, it like yeah. you know more palatable, but they obviously just made it this horribly edited piece of shit. But the the reports from the original screening was that it wasn't a good movie, 
anyway yeah. it was just more cohesive like right. it was like clearly his vision but his vision was still weird and didn't care about the story <laughs> or characters <laughs> but i think uh, the action would be better for sure yeah which would make a difference okay and uh going on another wormhole i don't know if any of you read up on uh anthony pelicano no the pi yeah. No, no. Oh, what's his what's his story? <laughs> All right, our boy Tony P. All right, <laughs> Tony P. So he's a he's a private investigator from Hollywood, um, known as the Fixer. Okay. <laughs> uh, so he's worked with a number. Yeah, he's worked with like a number of. Uh, he's been involved with a number of celebrities uh, investigating. I think most notably, um, Tom Cruise hired him to investigate Nicole Kidman. Oh, my God. During their divorce proceeding, he uh, was charged by the FBI for like like any number of offenses, like extortion, wiretapping. I think there was one alleged incident where uh, someone found a dead fish on their car with a note that said, (laughs) stop. Oh, my God. Jeez. Can I can I guess where this is going? Is this guy the inspiration for Ray Donovan? I'm just guessing. I don't. I barely even know what Ray Donovan is, but I think he's ne- like a Hollywood fixer. I've never seen it. I've never seen it, but it could be. <laughs> um, and uh, so when he was he was caught by the feds, uh, and when he was caught, they discovered like a bunch of like homemade explosive devices, like basically like Whoa. grenades Whoa. that had been kind of augmented. So like Holy this guy, shit. this guy's the real fucking deal, you know. He's a Holy fixer shit. for sure. Um, so he he goes to prison. <laughs> but what's he bef- fixing with a with a homemade explosive device? Uh, I the problems of the people who hired him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's not there's a pretty straight line. Like if he's the weapons guy, also. Is it? That sounds I think so. more like what? terrorism than yeah. <laughs> Than like investigating people, yeah. Yeah, I guess if he was just a PI, I don't know. Yeah, okay. So he he goes to prison, um, and just before he had been in prison, he was like dating this woman. Uh, so he's in prison now. This woman starts seeing a federal agent and uses the under the like under the premise that she's like doing a, a documentary on John McTiernan, gets like info on this guy from like the federal database and then gives it to John McT- or not John McTiernan, sorry. Um, Tony P she gets uh, information on Tony P um, from this fed on like the federal database, gives it to Tony P's uh, <laughs> lawyer. And then they use that to like basically boost him. And this federal agent basically uh, got fired and also served time in prison. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Cool. Why is wild. the conspiracy of Rollerball so deep? <laughs> yeah, <that was> wild. <laughs> anyway, Tony P got out in 2019 and is uh, working for somebody now. He's on the loose. Yeah, I follow him on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's working for uh, really? he's working for Joel Silver. There's like 200 followers. <laughs> Why is it private? I have Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> he's posting all the photos he's taken. <laughs> The private investigation. (laughs) He literally has three posts. Oh, that's wild! Oh my god, he's verified. (laughs) Yeah, he's blue check mark. (laughs) Uh, okay. Give me your favorite 
fake sports in oh. movies or TV. Here's some I like. Get the ball rolling. In Total Recall, there's this like football kind of thing at the start. It's like mega football or something. Looks really fun. I forget what it. Oh, sorry, not Total Recall. Uh, uh, uh Starship Troopers. Oh, okay. Um, forget what exactly how it works, but I remember it being cool. Blurns Ball from Futurama. It's like just cool baseball. It's like on a right, string right. and everything. They finally jazzed it up. <laughs> yeah, they finally jazzed up baseball. Uh, I mean Quidditch. Just a famous one. Yeah. Um, anyone like else? Please, they, throw some, uh, please throw some. I like that the I like that uh, Jonah Hill invented skateboarding for his uh, <laughs> movie in the nineties. <90s. laughs> I think that's pretty cool of him. You know, create a whole subculture for it too. Um, yeah. I like the Running Man sport. What's that? It's like a Hunger Games. Oh. But does the Hunger Games count as a sport? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, if rollerball counts as a sport. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so mine isn't like a physical sport, but there used to be this like game that online, um, and it was it was like kind of just but when you would used to like just type in www dot and some fucking website, you know, it was one of those kind of like just shit internet games, and it was called like um, like thousand mile walker or something like that, and the whole thing is you just press two keys it's like a and s to do like left foot right foot and you just do that until he reaches a thousand miles and if you and if if you press it if you press them too fast together he just gets a cramp and stops for like five seconds (laughs) that's pretty good one other one i forgot was um basketball not a good yeah, movie, but it's a good sport, which seems like it could be fun to play. I like can't think of any fake sports from movies. Oh, there was a cool. I like the sport in uh, Alita Battle Angel also. Yeah, yeah. That was That's kind of like that. rollerball. Oh, and um, in Legend of Korra in the first season. Oh yeah, that's, yeah. that's oh, a really cool fake sport. Yeah. yeah. The also the one in just like regular Avatar, the like Airbender one, where they're on poles and you're like. Oh yeah. And they're riding around on little like balls of air that go fast. Yeah, sounds pretty fun. What's oh I think it's um is it Road to El Dorado the butt ball one through oh, the small hoops? Oh, I know that's yeah. like an actual game, but it I don't know how cool it would be in real life. <laughs> that's but the like El Dorado like version looks pretty sick. Game. Yeah, yeah. Right. Vaguely remember that. With like the armadillo that turns itself into the ball because it's trying to hide. Right, right. And it's just now being batted around and subject to more trauma. <laughs> oh, I like the uh game in um I don't know if this counts as a fake sport or it's probably real, but I like the uh hazing ritual from Dazed and Confused or the seniors just beat What? <laughs> Is that a sport? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's fictional either. Yeah, no. That's just a real beating. (laughs) Yeah. He doesn't like hazing. (laughs) Yeah, hazing's just sick. Uh, uh, okay. Last thing. Well, second last thing, I guess. Any spin the official sound whack? We sort of talked about the music. Slipknot, awesome. Glad they're in there. But anything else on the music? Nothing stood out to me. I remember, oh, yeah. um, 
it, Ryan got really hyped because there's a song that was from the Grind soundtrack that was also in this one. <laughs> cool. Oh yeah, the the soundtrack was I think they originally hired the guy who did the soundtrack for Go. <clears throat> but then Oh hell yeah. Cool. They uh well they originally did that and then they like the they thought that the, it's whatever he made sounded too uh Middle Eastern. So they just totally scrapped it. Great. That was the score, right? Yeah, the score. I would so, love it. It's cool. Hollywood, good place. Yeah, Hollywood yeah. never done anything <laughs> wrong. <laughs> the Did soundtrack they... was also, according to the Wikipedia, never released. Damn. The score was, wow. but the soundtrack That's unfortunate. was. It's weird. The people need it. Mm-hmm. We need to get it out there. <laughs> start a Let... DIY soundtrack. Let's <laughs> <laughs> we'll start the campaign. Similar to the I still just think about the G.I. Joe soundtrack. That was just yeah, I was about so to say. compressed. <laughs> it was badly compressed. <laughs> it was so compressed and they've just never remastered it. <laughs> I will buy the chances. <laughs> Wait, I think so I they would. sold... Sorry, they sold it like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they just, just released it. Like... Within, they <laughs> accidentally released it with very low compress- compression That's rate. That's so good. And then... Never like they were just like ah well whatever, <laughs> who cares? <laughs> I would buy the Rollerball soundtrack over the GI Joe soundtrack. Well, now I would buy the GI Joe soundtrack, knowing that it's what? not compressed yeah. properly. That's what I, I don't remember what the songs on the GI Joe. Yeah, soundtrack I don't know. Were. Uh, all right, all right, do our scores. Let's do it. Uh, you want to start, Sebi? Oh, so this is uh. Uh, I mean, you've listened to Daniel, but uh, I'll just repeat it for any new listeners. Uh, we rate on a scale of one to five, uh, five being the wackest, one being the least whack. But as I said off the top, that doesn't mean good or bad. It could mean anything. And so uh, we will begin with Sebi. Uh, I think it's a four. I think, I don't know if I'd be able to put a finger on it while I was watching all those like warring things that are happening but I do think it's very interesting once you know that uh to see what a mess it is there's like jump cuts in it like in conversation scenes which are bizarre oh yeah the editing's crazy there's also like repetition and I was like are they doing this because they cut so much footage and they need more but then the movie just seemed to be too long also so I don't know why they added it it was very confusing it's a really weird movie it's a weird whack movie uh, Nara? Should I go next? Um, I'm also gonna give it a four. It's just, it's a lot. It's kind of crazy. It's oh, I don't know if I'd recommend it for people to watch, but I would say it is an experience like no other if you do watch it. Um, and I feel bad for everyone involved in making this movie, but I am very glad that I get to experience the final product of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that uh, I've already said it, but I think uh, the um, NFL state media got this movie panned, <laughs> and I think it's time for a critical reevaluation. This movie's good. <laughs> 
<laughs> sort of. It's got good ideas in there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'll echo the four. I agree. I think like, um, as we discussed, like a lot of fascinating ideas that don't fully come together. And that's sort of my favorite kind of whackness. Um, just a lot of good elements that don't find their way into a good cohesive movie. I also like when they do find their way into a good cohesive movie. That's also good. <laughs> but sometimes less whack. Anyway, four. Uh, Daniel? So this movie just reminds me of like that Simpsons episode where uh, Homer convinces Mel Gibson to just totally reshoot the end of, uh, what was it? Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Oh, right, where he <laughs> yeah. kills everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, yeah, that, this movie is very much the embodiment of that episode to me. So it has a dear place in my heart. I'm going to give it, yeah, I'm going to give it a four as well. This is, uh, there's some interesting ideas, but ultimately it is just like a total fucking shit show of a product. And uh, I am very interested in seeing John McTiernan's cut. So I will be soliciting uh, yeah, the uh, John McTiernan appreciation page <laughs> for it. Release the McTiernan cut. <laughs> <laughs> I would honestly. I would love. I. I. I'd pay thirty-five dollars to see it. Millions of dollars in in reshoots, reshooting <laughs> with the same cast yeah. twenty years later. Turn it into a uh, six-hour HBO Max event. Yeah. Oh my god! I watch don't... Gossip Girl reboot on HBO Max. It's bad. <laughs> we don't even have HBO Max in Canada. <laughs> Have you watched multiple episodes of it? There's only two episodes out. I've watched both of them. It's good. Both bad? Oh. They're both bad. The original oh. is so much better, but I'm going to stick with it because I love Gossip Girl. And the anticipation that I feel leading up to Gossip Girl is so exciting. And then watching the actual Gossip Girl is like horrible. Yeah, the feeling of about <laughs> to watch Gossip Girl, best feeling ever. The feeling of actually watching Gossip Girl, worst feeling. Wow. Uh, well, let's put those numbers in the machine. I mean, I'll be very surprised. I'm. It's a total shock what all those fours are gonna like, add up. To. We'll find out. Okay. So the um, the official number of uh, the official wax score for uh, Rollerball is um, a nice old four. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I'm shocked. That it. No, that's hey. That's a good score. That's a really good score uh well thank you daniel for coming on uh it was that was great that was a really fun episode uh really glad we watched this i'm definitely gonna watch the original um i'm excited to see it should have watched I it before you this, do the same but, listeners but hey yeah it was um, great to roll with you guys yeah well, yeah hopefully we'll see you on the streets uh rolling <laughs> around um yeah, I mean, uh, thank you to uh, Emma Kudlak for the logo. Thanks to Ian Mills for the music. Go to at InsomniacFest on Instagram, Insomniac underscore Fest on Twitter, InsomniacFestival.com. You can learn more about us. Uh, we have an event coming up. Um, still sort of a mystery, but keep your, keep, your, uh, keep your everything on alert because uh, stay alert. Because we're going to be coming at you with Camp Insomniac uh, in about a month. Did we announce the date yet? I don't know if we did. Nope. Nope. Okay, so I won't say it. 
<laughs> it's in about a month. It's in about a month. More or less. Yeah. It's going to be fun. From whenever you're listening to this. Yeah, it's Possibly. always going to be in about a month from when you're listening. Let us know. We'll come set it up for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, go to all our things, our social medias, and you'll learn. We'll, we'll keep you updated. Uh, Daniel, you got anything you want to plug? Oh, God. For our uh, millions of followers? <laughs> uh, I would like to encourage everyone to go out to their local rollerblade store and uh, pick up a pair. <laughs> I am starting a gang. Hell yeah. We're going to be hitting the streets in the city that no one has disclosed where I'm from. <laughs> <laughs> But hopefully I'll see you out there. Uh, And you, of course, remember how the movie ends. Yeah. Why don't we go uh, watch this movie in a bed? (laughs) And then a freeze frame on his, like, smug look. On a look that's clearly not planned to be the end of the movie. It's just a freeze frame of a shot of (laughs) Uh yeah. All right, bye. All right, bye. Bye bye. Oh, good night. Good night, Ryan. Good night, Ryan. Night, Ryan. Mom, get out! I'm doing a podcast.